Turn with me, please, this morning to two openings, Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 8. Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 8. Now, if you weren't here with us on Friday night, you missed a blessing. The Lord is ministering to us strongly on healing, hearing and healing. And uh, let me encourage you to get the uh, download the message or go back and get it and then be with us on Fridays and um, get ready for it. Because the Lord said some really good things to us about what was going to happen. Healings like popcorn popping. (laughs) How many believe the Lord could do that? can do that is his will to do that it is he's always been a healing God healing has always been very high on uh, his list of priorities let's look at the ministry of Jesus how much time he spent ministering healing and he hasn't changed and he never will and so the Lord is I believe the Lord's dealing with us to emphasize healing now again come back to it emphasize it some more he wants all his people healed you believe it In uh, Romans 8, for some weeks now we've been on the subject of uh, loving him, we call it. Talking about God, loving him. You'll hear uh, oftentimes people talk about how God loves us. And that's great. And you can't get too much of that. But that alone will not assure a successful life. You can be completely convinced that God loves you amazingly. And that does not mean you will necessarily be successful. Because just because he loves you doesn't mean you love him. It's not the same thing. And, and I know this sounds good, but it's not accurate. A lot of people say, well, if you know him, you'd love him. If you saw him for who he really is, you would love him. Now that sounds good. That's reasonable. Because he is amazing and wonderful. And for us, the more we find out about him, the more we love him. That's true. But it is not true for everybody. There are a lot of people who have seen something of him that was real. And they didn't love it. In fact, they hated it. Jesus is the perfect example of this. He came unto his own. And what happened? They did not receive him. And he said, Jesus said, they have both seen and hated both me and my father. Why? Because he said, I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. And so when they're hearing Jesus, they are hearing God, the creator father. When they're seeing what's happening in, in the healings and the deliverances and miracles, they're seeing God. Did they love it? No, many of them hated it and despised it. So yes, it's important to realize that God loves you. Uh, You couldn't overemphasize that. But that alone will not assure you a good life and a successful life because uh, it's not just him loving us. Probably one of the saddest things that's happening on the planet is God's great love unreturned. Not received and not returned. Oh, but if you'll receive it and then respond and love him back, oh, a whole world's going to open up to you. Life eternal. Look with me in Romans 8 28. Romans 8 28 says, We know that all things work together for good. Now, a lot of people put a period right there. They put a period right there. And they say, well, you know, and, and a lot of times you'll hear this when, when some kind of tragedy has occurred. And people will say, well, we, we don't understand it, but God has a purpose for everything. And God has a, he must have a reason. And you know, everything works for the good. Well, that's not true. When you say it like that, that's not true. God's not in everything that happens. And God's will is not in everything that happens. And everything is not working out for everybody's good. This was referring to a very specific group of people. Who? 
We know that all things work together for good to, to them that love God. Does everybody love God? No. Is everybody seeking God and trying to live their life following him? No. Then everything is not working out for the good for everybody. No, it's not. But if you love him, it gives him access. And it gives him a right to do things in your life that he's not doing in everybody's life. To take even what the enemy and what mean people meant for harm and destruction and turn it on its head and make it work out for your good. How does he do that? It takes the wisdom of God to know how to do that. But he can do it and he does do it to those who love him. Do you love him, saints? Yes, I, I know there's some people in here that love him. Yes, sir. If you've been on the fence about it, come on and get in with us. Come on. That's right. I don't know if there is a God. You could make up your mind today. And come on. Come on over here on the sunshine side. Come on over here on the victory side. Into life. Into freedom. Into joy. Into peace. And the way you do that is you decide to believe. That God is and that he is a good God, a rewarder of those that seek him, a God who loves you. And then you decide to love him back. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians 8, please. 1 Corinthians 8 and the second verse. 1 Corinthians 8, 2. He said, uh, if any man think that he knows anything. He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Now you'll see he, in the very next verse he contrasts knowledge with love. Knowledge isn't love. And knowledge isn't faith. You can know a lot of scriptures and not have faith. You can know a lot of information about God and not love God. This is what's confusing to a lot of people. We've already gone through this in previous messages where we saw that the leaders of the synagogue in Jesus' day, he told them, he said, you have no love for God in you. Wow. These are people who are the head, what we call of the church. Of the synagogue. We call them the pastors. The leaders. He said you have no love for God in you. And then he went on to tell them. He said what you love is titles. (laughs) He said you love the chief seats. You love the special places. You love the attention. You love for people to see you. As spiritual. As righteous. As knowing about God. And the truth is. They didn't even love God. Knowledge is not faith. And knowledge, another word for faith is trust. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And so trust and love are not based on how much you know. Faith and love is a decision of the heart. You just decide to trust. And you choose to love. You choose to trust. It's a choice. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. No, I can't believe that. That's not true. You can believe anything you choose to believe. That's the nature of what faith is. It's not based on what you see or know or feel or understand. It's a choice. So you shouldn't say, I can't believe it. You should say, I choose not to. I choose not to trust that. I choose not to believe that. Keep reading. He said, if any man think he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man, what? Love God, the same is known of him. Now, I think it's easy to read right past that the last part of this verse and not see the significance of it. Somebody says, well, God knows everybody, doesn't he? No, no, not in this sense. The Lord said there'd come a day when he'd tell people, depart from me. I never knew you. He's talking about knowing you in the biblical sense. 
of intimacy, of uh, intimate fellowship, of you getting to know him, of him revealing, unfolding, uncovering, and revealing himself to you so that you don't just know about him, you experience him. That's what that word know is, is talking about experience. Anybody interested in experiencing? If you think you know something, well, okay, it's good you know something, but you don't know anything yet like you could know it compared to what God knows it. And that's not going to be the biggest thing. We're never going to impress God with what we know. Oh, Father, I can quote, you know, half the book of John. He's not going to go, wow. (laughs) He can quote it all without trying. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Oh, Father, I've understood something about righteousness. Well, yeah, who showed it to you? <laughs> you can never impress him with how much you know. But if you love him, I said if you love him, he knows if you love him. He knows. And if you do, you got his attention. I said, if you do, you've got his attention and he is going to make himself known to you. Which is why people who don't believe in him and people who don't care about him, to them, it feels like there is no God. They have no evidence of God and they're not going to get any. But if you do believe in him and you do love him, he reveals himself to you. He becomes more real to you. So if you want God to be more real to you, it's in your power. It's in my power. Draw nearer to him and he will draw nearer to you. Love him more. Follow him closer. And he'll immediately begin to become more real to you. He will manifest himself to us. Do you believe it, saints? Go over to the book of John, please. John 14. John chapter 14. He goes into detail with this. And we're going to get into another part of this. That's very significant. I'm excited about it. You know, you've heard that before. But it was true last time. It's true this time too. So you must stay excited a lot. I do. I'm just pretty much excited most of the time. (laughs) And and if I experience a little lapse uh, that I'm not as excited, you can ask Phyllis, how many times during the week will I say, what are we excited about? Why? Because I know if you're in faith about something, you get excited, right? If I'm not excited about something, I'm being lazy, spiritually. (laughs) So, what are you excited about? (laughs) Now, when you say that, you'll see people go, I'm I'm, going to think about that sometime. No, honey, you can get excited right now. You don't have to think about it later. It's a choice. Remember, it's not because of a lot of knowledge. It's a choice. You've already heard plenty of things you could be excited about since you got to church this morning. Is that right? You've already heard plenty of things. So if you're not excited, it's just because you choose not to be. You're, you're like, well, we'll just have to wait and see what we see. Because you're saying, if it falls on me and tickles me, I'll laugh. (laughs) You're an unbeliever. You're a stuck-in-the-mud carnal one. And that's not, that's not who God reveals himself to. If you want to back up in the corner and go, prove it to me. Show me. Remember a verse we read during the offering? I would have fainted unless what? Unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. I'm not saying prove it to me and then I'll believe it. No, believe and then you'll see. You must say, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely untrue. Contrary to the Bible. No, seeing is not believing. Nothing about that's accurate. You believe, then you see. Hallelujah. (laughs) Some folks like it. Some folks don't know if they do or not yet. Just just hang with me. Hang with me. John 14 and uh, verse 15. Gospel account of John chapter 14 verse 15. The Lord said, if you love me, 
That's what we're talking about in this series. Thank God for him loving us, but we're emphasizing the other side of it right now. Do we love him? He said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Now skip on down to verse 21. He continues to talk about this through the chapter. Verse 21, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Who loves him? Not just those who say they love him. Who really loves him? Another way of saying that, those who do what he tells you to do. And, and boy, a lot of folks would disagree with this. They'd say, well, now, you know, I, I, I've, I, I've done such a poor job uh, doing what the Lord told me to do, I, but I love him with all my heart. No, you don't. No, you don't. Your love is revealed by doing what he said. Yes. Not my idea. What he said. Me, you, all of us. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Now let's just talk about a little little bit more. So well, no, I I, I love the Lord. I I really do with all my heart, but I just, I've messed up. What do you mean messed up? You mean you chose doing something else instead of what he told you to do. What that proves is you, at the time, you loved that more than you did him. That's a fact. It's not pretty, but it's true. Because if you love him, I said if you love him, what do you do? You do what he said. You choose him. And choosing him is going to mean putting your flesh on the back seat. Right? It's going to mean not doing what you thought you wanted to do, not doing what other people thought they wanted you to do. You can't do both. You can't have two masters. Right? And you're going to go with the one you care the most about. Now the scripture warns that in the last days men would be lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Well, this is a reality all around us. Why aren't more folks in church? Well, they, they're doing what they want to do. They don't love God enough to not do this on this day and time. They're making choices that show their love. And we've all made wrong choices, but let's don't just keep repeating the past. Amen. So many people have let money lead them away from God. People say, well, money's the root of all evil. The Bible didn't say that. It said the love of the money. Is the root of all kinds of evil. I've seen people leave a good church. Where they they got restored. And their kids got healed. And go across the country. Where there wasn't even a church in that area. For five dollars more an hour. Didn't even pray about it. Why? Nothing to pray about. It's five dollars an hour. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Folks are led by price. They're led by pay. They're not led by their love for the Lord. If you love him, you love what he loves. You want what he wants. You follow him. Your soul follows hard after him. If you want things he despises, that shows a heart problem. I said if you want something, you like it, you care a lot about what he despises, it's a heart problem. And there are a whole lot of people, they so much want something else other than him, they reject him completely. They won't receive him. They're not born again. They never will be. And it's not because it was God's plan. They just don't like him. They don't want him. They don't want what he stands for. They want another life. And they'll have it for about that long. Oh, but the wise ones love him. And they love him now. Keep reading. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. If you and I love him enough to say, yes, sir, we will do what you say. And we do it. 
It is proof that we love him. And the Father is able to manifest his love for us. Us loving him. Him loving us. And when we say him loving us, we're talking about manifesting his love. Manifesting his presence. Put this in the Amplified, please. He said, whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. The person who has been the the most perverted and distorted and hateful and mean on the planet. Through repentance, if they genuinely humble their heart and say, God, I despise that. You despise it, I despise it. And I love you and I'm, I need you and I'm, I'm giving my heart and life to you. That love touches him. And that faith, he will respond immediately. They will sense his presence. They will sense the cleansing of the blood and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. That's experiencing God who is love. That's him making himself known to you. Hmm? Were you born again? Have you been filled with the Spirit? Has God ever forgiven you? Restored you? Then you have experienced some measure. Of what we're talking about. But none of us have experienced all. (laughs) Uh -uh. Uh -uh. The half has not yet been told. But we can experience more and more of him in this life. If we love him more and more. And we obey him more and more. Now Phyllis and I have been in the ministry. You know over 30 years now. And so we've had junctures from time to time where the Lord revealed to us, want you to do this, leave this and do this. And every time that comes up, you got flesh. And it feels like you're starting over from scratch. And and you're thinking, everybody's flesh wants to cling to the security blanket. But in order to move with God, you have to let go what you know. And step into what you don't know. And that's hard on your flesh. You, you, there are times when you feel suspended out in space. You're like, if I let go of that, what will I have? And the Lord will say, you'll have me. Okay. <laughs> but where will I live? And what will I do? What will I do for money? He'll say, you'll have me. And he won't tell you all the details. And he won't show you all the house purposefully. You can ask him and he won't tell you. (laughs) You'll open the door and he'll say, come on through here with me. And you'll look through and go, what's over there? (laughs) What's in there? He'll say, come and find out. Come on. Come on. It requires trust. But the thing that the trust is connected to is Love. Love. They're they're inseparable. Why would I trust him and leave everything I've known and built and go into the complete unknown? Because I know he loves me. He's not leading me into disaster. He's leading me up. And even if I can't figure it out and I think I don't want to leave this or What will help motivate me and get me through the door? My love for him. Come on, can you see this, friends? You got to have both of them. Not just his love for me, but I got to love him enough to leave what I thought I didn't want to leave or or to do what I thought I didn't want to do. And if I'll actually do what he tells me to do, which is going to take faith, it proves not only that he, I, I trust he loves me, it proves I love him. I love him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I love him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to the 15th chapter of John. John 15 and 8. He said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, 
So have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. No, we don't just need to read past these phrases. What does that mean? Continue in his love. Do we have to keep reminding him to love us? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Then what does it mean? Continue in my love. Then that means you're, you're not automatically in his love in the sense he's talking about all the time. Or you wouldn't need to continue in it. Keep reading. What does that mean? Well, the very next verse tells you. How do you continue in his love? Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. Somebody says, well, now we're not under the old covenant. We don't keep his commandments. Well, hold on. You need some help. <laughs> Just hold your place right there and go to uh, 1 John. 1 John 2, I believe it is. Hold your place in Big John. <laughs> and we're going to Little John. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 21, 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we what? Is this New Testament? Is 1 John New Testament? Because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now we're continuing to define how we stay in his, I'd say it like this, in his manifested love. Now God loves you even if you're doing things he hates. But he can't manifest his love to you to the same degree if you're rebelling against him or if you're pleasing him with all your heart. He can't. We keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And verse 23, this is his commandment. What is a New Testament, New Covenant definition of keeping his commandments? It's right here. It's summed up in this verse. It's not a matter of keeping the Ten Commandments or the statutes and ordinances of the Old Testament. We're in the New Covenant. But we're still to keep his commandments. Right? What are they? That we should, number one, we should what? Believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Well, he just got through saying, do the things that please him. What is it impossible to please God without? Faith. Faith. No way you're going to be okay and enjoy his presence without any faith. So number one, how do we keep his commandments in the new covenant? Number one, faith. And number two, what? And love one another as he gave us commandment. This sums it up. This sums it up. Verse 24, he that keeps his commandments dwells in him. He is love. And he in him, and hereby we know that he abides in us. By the spirit which he has given us. Does he want to fill us. And fill our homes. And our churches. And our cars. And our workplaces with his presence. Does he want to manifest his love. So that it's tangible to us. So that we experience him. We know him. And he knows us. More and more. Well is it just up to him. It's not just up to him. We must keep his commandments. What does that mean in the New Testament? Faith and love. Is that all there is to it? Honey, that'll keep you busy. (laughs) Walking in faith every hour of the day, walking in love with everybody in every situation will keep you occupied. It'll take what you got. But if you do, You won't experience darkness and depression and fear and death. You will experience victory and joy and peace 
and grace and goodness. You'll experience love that God is. Oh, friend, when the Lord's pleased with you, the grass is greener and the sky is bluer. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? When God, I mean, we know this in our human relationships, don't we? I mean, if your spouse is upset with you, you're upset, your parents are upset with you, your, your friend's upset with you, you can feel it. Right? And even though the sun might be shining bright, if you've got a real problem between you, it, see, it feels dark. Well, the same thing is true with you and your Creator. He didn't stop loving you. But He's not pleased with everything you decide to do. And if you choose to pursue something that He hates, it's going to be an issue between you and Him. He still loves you. He, he's not holding things against you. You're the one hurting yourself. But if you want full fellowship with him, you need to come back to him. He's not going to change. You need to change. We need to change. So you come back to him and you agree with him. And you say, Lord, you hate that. I do too. And your flesh may say, no, we want to do it. You say, shut up. Shut up. No, we love what he loves. And we hate what he hates. Most of all, we love him. Loving him will help you put your flesh under. Just for no other reason except you know that wouldn't please him. If you're close enough to him and walking in good fellowship with him, you begin to do something and you sense, oh, something, I got grieved on the inside. Well, the Spirit of God's inside you. And a lot of times the reason you say, that grieved me. Well, it really it grieved him. Because he's in you, you picked it up. And you sensed it. But we don't just need to ignore that and keep pushing through it and doing it. What bothered him? What was he not pleased with? If we care about him, we care about what he cares about. We're willing to get it right, change it no matter what anybody else thinks about it. If it pleases him. What do you think? What are his commandments? How how do you abide in his love? According to Jesus. By keeping his commandments. How do you do that in the New Testament? According to 1 John. By faith. Believing. And by love. By loving one another. Now in. uh, In John 15. Let's go back to that. Maybe you were still holding that. In John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Now get this. Oh man, this is, this is powerful today. It, it may be bigger than you're picking up. So just tune your antenna a little bit sharper. These things have I spoken to you. Now stop. What things? Keep my commandments. What does the word abide mean? Either stay or live. Sometimes translated dwell. We we might say it today. Stay or live in my love. What's he talking about? In his manifested pleasure with us. Him being able to express his love. Parents, if your children are just acting crazy and being as rebellious as they can be, can you express your full pleasure to them? If you do, you're a bad parent. You're confirming evil things. You're encouraging them to continue down the wrong road. No. If you're going to be fair and you're going to be a good parent, you're going to be just Before you can do some of the things that you said you were going to do, they need to do what you told them to do. Right? Right? And if you told them, if you'll do this, I'm going to do this, then you must not just ignore and break your word and do it anyhow. Well, the Father wants to express His love to us. He wants to manifest His pleasure with us. But how can He be pleased with us if we're rebelling against Him? If we don't care enough about him to even do what he told us to do. 
He still loves us, but he can't manifest that pleasure in love. Wouldn't be right, wouldn't be just. If you keep my commandments, you will what? Abide. This is verse 10 again. You will stay in my love. You will live in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. One of the first revelations I got of this was the first mission trip I ever went on. This was back in the early 80s. I'm talking about out of the country. And uh, I and some other folks went to uh, Central America. And among other things, we built a little frame church and we had uh, tent meetings. And, and uh, it was quite a time. There was political upheaval in that country while we were there. It was, um, we were there for, I don't know, what was a couple of weeks or whatever it was, Phil. In fact, she, they said on the news that the government had been toppled and that, guess what, what Phyllis heard? Yeah. While I'm out of the country and, and maybe the planes wouldn't be able to get back and all that. And, but anyway, when I was on the plane coming back, I was sitting there looking out the window at nighttime, just sitting there by myself on a commercial airliner. And uh, people had been healed. People had come to the Lord. In the midst of such trying times, God had kept all of us safe. None of us got shot. I mean, they had automatic weapons in the street, just uh, 20 feet from where our building was, down in the street, shooting at each other. And uh, none of us got a scratch. And uh, I was thanking the Lord. I said, thank you, Lord, for letting me uh, do this, and thank you for keeping us. And he interrupted me. He said, thank you. Thank you for going. Thank you for doing this for me. At first your mind thought, ah, oh, you just made that up. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. It was him. And he's, he's thanking me. He said, I'm pleased with you on this. Oh. Oh. It's like the Holy Spirit come and got in the chair with me and just sat out on it. Does the Spirit come on you? He's in you, but he can come on you. The spirit falls and comes on you. I sit there looking out the window and tears of joy coming down my cheeks. I thought, Lord, it's a privilege. You're so welcome. It's an honor. What I On this particular thing, I had pleased him. Hallelujah. And what's he doing? I'm staying in his manifested love. I'm experiencing his pleasure with me. Now he'd love me if I was acting like a heathen. But he wouldn't be pleased with me. And he couldn't manifest this to me. Oh, are you with me, saints? Oh, my. When I say when he's pleased with you, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it it opens you up. You, You just become so much more aware. And life is so much better. So much sweeter. He makes everything better. (laughs) The more of him, to quote uh, Brother Dave, the more gooder it becomes. (laughs) Keep reading, keep reading. But now, it's fine to talk about that. But do we have a part in this happening? And what is our part? Keep his commandments. Do what he says. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. No amount of money can make your joy full. No house, no car. No things. It just can't. You might be excited about it naturally. You might enjoy it for a little bit. But it can't make your joy full. On the inside of you. The only thing that can do that. Is God being pleased with you. And you experiencing. His joy. Now let me just stop right here. Somebody says. "Ah, You're you're, you're preaching law. That's not grace. You're wrong. We're not talking about doing things so that God counts you righteous. We've already been counted righteous by what Jesus has done. No. 
People have got so confused about this. This is not about doing things so that you could be saved or so that you could be righteous. We're doing th- we're talking about doing things because you love God. You want to please Him. Come on, can you see this? This is not how to be righteous. This is not how to be accepted in Him. We are already accepted in the Beloved. We've been given His righteousness. Ours could never cut it. We could never do enough good things to be righteous. That's a whole other subject. But this is true too. And you do not need to discount the words of the Master. If He says, you need, if you love me, you need to do what I tell you to do. So you can abide in, in the manifested love. We do not need to ignore that. Your life will be so much different when you get up in the morning and you are like Jesus. He said, I only do those things. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. I always do those things that please him. That's how Jesus lived. Every morning, afternoon, and night, he lived to please the Father. And that's what he's saying. And he's saying, I lived in that love. In that manifested love. He walked in that love. And like Phyllis was saying, what is that love? That's God. God is love. That's his presence. That's his power. There's healing in that love. There's deliverance in that love. There's wisdom and direction and provision. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. What? Mrs. No, that's that's Old Testament. It is not Old Testament. This is the New Testament commandment. If you don't keep it, God will still love you, but you won't experience his pleasure in love like you could and should. This is my commandment. What? That you love one another as I have loved you. He loved us while we were yet his enemies. It's a choice. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now go to 1 John. Let's continue with this. 1 John 4, verse 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God. And what? Knows God. How can you tell people who know God? Well, if you know God, you know love. He that loves not knows not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, he loved us before we ever knew him. But once we find out about him, now we have the opportunity to love him. Can you see this? Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us. We ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. But if we love one another. God dwells in us. And his love is perfected in us. Can you see this is the same thing. He was talking about in John that we were just reading. Staying in this love. Living in this love. How do you do that? By loving Him enough to love what he loves, which is us. Loving his kids. Loving his people. He gets more into this. Hereby know we, this is how we know, that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Now uh, down to verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's what? 
He's, he's lying about what? He's lying about loving God. He doesn't love God. People say, I can't stand. I, I don't, I, I don't, people tell me, I don't know how many times. Do you, do you go to church? No, I, I, I just, I don't go for all those folks. All that religious bunch, I can't stand them. I worship God in my own way. <laughs> well, you're a liar. You don't love God if you have no care for his people. Not my words. If a man love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Now, we get back to this. Jesus told the religious leaders of his day, you have both seen and hated both me and my father. He said, if you love God, you'd love me because I came from him. He sent me. But they didn't love him, proving they didn't love God. Why? He is the father's son. And they're looking at him. Well, if a person, a man or woman has been born again and they are really a child of God and you hate them and don't like anything about them, then you don't like God. Because they are his seed. And I'm not saying they perfectly look and sound like him because they got flesh and they're developing, but their core is him. They've been recreated. Come on, are you with me or not? They've got him in them and there are different parts of him coming out of them and if you hate all of that and you don't like any of that then you have seen God and you don't like him you know what this is saying if you don't love the one you've seen how can you love God whom you've not seen if you love God you love him everywhere you see him that's one of the things I enjoy and I'm looking forward to about getting this plane and going to other countries, the cultures are so different, the traditions are so different, but God is the same. He is the same. He is the same. It's so wonderful. You get there, you can't understand the language, you don't know what the food is, and you feel so out of place, and then somebody speaks and does something, you go, I know that spirit. I know him. That's that's the same spirit we have in Branson and Sarasota. That's that's him. That's him. And so immediately you love God in them and they love God in you. You love them because you love him. Can you see this? But if you're seeing him in them and you don't like it, that shows you don't love him. Because if you love him, you love him everywhere you find him. <laughs> well, we've gotten into it this morning, haven't we? Keep going, keep going. This commandment have we from him that he who loves God, this is the commandment. If you love God, what do you do? You love your brother also. Why? Number one reason, they are his child. You love, and if he says, I love them, they are the apple of my eye. And sometimes you might have to close your eyes and go, if you say so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then you make a choice and you go, you, you trust him. Yeah. If he says, they're precious to me. Yeah. Then you may not be able to see it, but you've you got to believe him enough to go, there's preciousness there. Whether I see it or not. And, and if he says, I love them, then you go, me too then. Me too. Right? Why? You love him just because you love him. Can you see this? And then, of course, as you get to know him, and if God really is in him, like we said, you love God everywhere you find him. Now, keep reading, keep reading. 5.1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. If you love the father, you love the son or daughter. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God. These are inseparable. 
You can't love God and not love what he loves. And what does he love most? Us. Us. I mean, this whole planet and, and I guess much of the solar system and everything, he's not saving any of this. But he's saving us. It's all going to melt with fervent heat. Sky's going to roll up like a scroll. Something's going to happen to the sun. It's all in the Bible. But us, he's going to keep. He's keeping us. He loves us. So we must not get hung up on all the stuff down here. But the people, his people, we must care about. 4 verse 3, for this is the love of God that we do what? We keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. He had already talked about it in that third chapter. What, what are his commandments in the New Testament? What sums it all up? Faith and love. Go with me in closing, I think, to the gospel account of John again, John 21. John 21. This is after Jesus has been raised from the dead. And uh, you know the, the account that Peter, even though he and all the other disciples were so adamant that they would never leave the Lord. And, and the Lord warned Peter that before the rooster had crowed three times that morning that he would have denied him. And uh, he said, you know, he, he adamant, no, I'll die with you. And yet... Uh, when it came down. And what he's saying. He's affirming his love. And his commitment to the Lord. No I will die with you. Nothing can separate me. We know nothing can separate us from his love. But what can separate him from our love? See on that occasion something did. Separate Peter. It was too much for him. Well anyway. After this, and he then the rooster crowed, and he realized he did exactly what the Lord warned him could happen. He went out, the Bible said, and cried. His heart is broken. He probably feels like such a failure. After he was so loud and, 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 and adamant about he, he would never leave, he did. Denied even knew the Lord. He was scared. Fear. What two of the two of the biggest, ugliest things that can mess up your life, fear and pride. Y'all understand that? Man, you got to watch out for this. Me, you, all of us have to watch out for this because even though you, you, you thought you would never do it, if you yield to fear or pride, you'll do things you never thought you would. Yeah, that's right. yep. Trying to hide, trying to cover, ashamed, embarrassed. No, friend. If you'll confess it and come and, and bear your heart, you get grace. Amen. I said you get grace and you get restored. Amen. All of us have missed it. All of us have come short. Don't, don't be ashamed and embarrassed to admit that you have. We already know it. <laughs> We're not going to go, no, you missed it? No. John 21, 15. So after this has happened, and Jesus has been raised from the dead, and they're out fishing, and they see him on the shore, and they come. He said, come and dine. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, I want you to know how much I love you. Now to hear some folks preach today, that's the only thing he ever says. That's the only thing that matters is you knowing that he loves you. Is it, it, I can't overestimate the importance of it, but it's not the only thing. You knowing how much he loves you will not fix everything in your life. I know some people imply that, but it's just not true. If you don't love him enough to follow him and do what he said, things are not going to go right. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, what did he ask him? Do you love me, and then what? More than these. Now people have speculated that he was talking about them fishing or he was talking about the other disciples. He was referring to what Peter said about I'll die with you. But I, I would say 
You could put it all together. Do you love me more than these? Are there other things that will vie for your affections? And Peter said what? Yes, Lord. What's he saying? Yes, I, I do love you. And I do love you more than these other things, more than other people, more than fishing, more than my previous career, more than everything. I love you. What did the Lord say? Good, I just, I, I just wanted to hear it. No. If you love him, how do we know? You do what he tells you to do. You care about what he cares about. Come on, can you see this? So Peter says, yes, I do, Lord. What does the Lord say? What did he say? Feed my lambs. You, you love me, Peter? He said, I do. He said, feed my lambs. Who's his lambs? That's his people. That's his little ones. Keep going. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Would the Lord ever look at you and say, do you love me? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's no respecter of persons. Does it matter if you love him or not? How do we know if you do? He said, Simon, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. What did the Lord say? Okay, then. Feed my sheep. Lambs is the younger ones. Sheep are getting a little older. And when he said this to him, all there was in the church were lambs. And then he said, feed my sheep. Verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? You can hear the Spirit of God saying that right now, can't you? Yes, sir. Do you love, calling your name, Keith, do you love me? <laughs> I've heard this personally. What do you think I'm doing right now? I do love him. Phyllis loves him. Hallelujah. And because we love him, we love you. Why? Number one reason, he loves you. He loves you. He wants you fed. Every, uh, before Sunday, every Saturday and Saturday evening, I go through the same routine. Lord, what do you want to feed your people? I'm thinking about you. What, what do you people need? If you were here in the flesh, Lord, what would you feed them? I make myself available to you. Phyllis makes herself available to you. What, what do they need? Why? He loves you. He doesn't want you confused. He wants you fed. He doesn't want you weak. He wants you fed. He doesn't want you ignorant. He wants you fed. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you defeated. He wants you fed. Fed and strong and healed and sound and prosperous and blessed. He desires it strongly. And so because he does and I love him, I love what he loves. I want what he wants. I want you blessed. And when the more you love him, same thing. You want other people around you blessed. Is that right? You want your brothers blessed. You want your sisters blessed. He said, uh, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know all things. You know I love you. What did Jesus say? Okay, then. Now, now, come back. Three times Peter denied him. Peter had said adamantly, though everybody leaves you, I won't leave you. And yet the love wasn't there. The commitment wasn't there. He thought was there. When it came down to it. And and here, the master is so wonderful. What is he saying? It ain't over, Peter. You're still going to have an opportunity to demonstrate that you really do love me more than life itself. How are you going to demonstrate it? Feed my people. 
take care of my people. And though he was cursing and denying that he even knew the Lord those days before, in just a few more days on the day of Pentecost, he's standing up preaching like a house of fire. Is that right? Thousands of people getting saved and he led the church. Hallelujah. And did he feed God's people? He fed God's people. He preached and he fed and he led and he loved what God loved. I know a a situation that brought this home to me real strong. I guess it's been 20 years ago now. We're in a conference. And Phyllis and I were helping the Hagens. Brother Kenneth Hagen, Miss Aretha Hagen, the senior. And uh, sometimes he would call me up to sing and sometimes to share, to preach and to teach. And so during this meeting, he called me up and said, do you have something that would fit here? And I shared some things. And it seemed to go good. But you've been around me. I, I can be bold sometimes. And, and I, was, uh, I was bold about some things that had to do with pastoring and churches. And there were some folks that didn't like it. And some of them wrote some very strong letters to, to the Hagens. They wrote some strong letters to me about, you know, that I was wet behind the ears and didn't know what I was talking about and, and this and that. And, well, that kind of chafed me. It was real strong, too. I mean, they, they break me over the coals. And, uh, my, and, and I, I stopped and I thought, now, Lord, hold on. Did I miss you? Or did you deal with me to do that, to say that? That's the thing I want to know. And besides that, it wasn't their meeting. It was Brother Hagin's meeting. If anybody should say anything about it that didn't like it, it'd be him. Right? And if he said, I don't like it, well, that's the end of it. I'm going to change. I'm going to stop it. And so uh, I, I was thinking that, well, what right do they have? And Brother Hagin acted like he was happy with it and pleased. And here they come up and they're carrying on. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, uh, I want you to write to them and apologize. I thought, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Because they really were kind of, they were acting ugly. I thought, really? And I, I went over and I thought, well, hold on, Lord. Did you or did you not direct me to do that? What would I be apologizing for? And just like this in the flesh, he said, do you suppose that you said it with all the love that it could be said with? Or that you said it with all the grace and wisdom and the way that you could? You could not have delivered it any better? I said, No. I'm sure I could have been. Of course, I was a lot younger then than I am now. And the younger you are, you tend to be uh, just a, a little bit too hard, yeah. uh, a little bit too edgy, just out of ignorance and what you don't know. And so I, I said, no, Lord, I, I'm sure I could have been kinder. I could have been wiser. He said, well, I'm sure you can find something to apologize for. <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah. I still didn't want to do it. I still didn't want to do it. I thought, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Then he said this. He said, and he didn't say this. He showed me this. Then he said this. I saw things getting out of hand. I saw people taking side with them. I saw people taking side with me. I saw words getting stronger and stronger and I saw people separating and not spending time with each other and not going to meetings and, 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 and the Lord, he showed me that just in a flash and then he said, son, would you do it for me? <laughs> I'm not struggling anymore. Come on, are y'all with me? Would you do it for me? I heard it just as clear, not an audible voice, but inside. Would you do it for me? And I, I tears leapt to my eyes. I said, yes, Lord. Yes, I'd be glad to do it for you. I mean, has he not done everything that could ever be done for you and me? What's he saying? See, he, he hates strife. And he despises it when his kids get mad and wrestle with each other and separate from each other. That's the opposite of the love command. Right? He despises it. He loves his people. 
And he loved it like any father. He loved to see his kids getting together, enjoying each other, loving him and loving each other. I said, uh, yes, sir. I, forgive me for, for being hesitant. But when he, when he said, would you do it for me? Mm. If you love him, that's the end of it. Is that right? If you love him, that's the end of it. Would you do it? Isn't that what he's telling Peter? Do you love me? And I don't know what Peter thought he was going to do in the coming years, but here it is. Do you love me? Peter says, yes. He said, well, then feed my people. Take care of my people. You love me, take care of them. Take care of them. And so I did. The Lord helped. I said, Lord, show me, give me wisdom just how to say this. And so I did. I acknowledged that I was young and inexperienced. I acknowledged that I might have said something too hard and used it. The Lord helped me. It wasn't that hard once you got started. <laughs> and do you know what happened? Within a few weeks, they invited me and Phyllis to come to a meeting at their, in their ministry, in their place. And we had a great meeting. And the whole thing was just stamped, squashed out. That was it. That was the end of it. Never came up again. That was it. Did that please the Lord? Huh. Friend, be aware. Be alert. There will be more. I'm not the only one. There will be times in your life that you won't want to do something. And the Lord will say, would you do it for me? Would you do it for me? And if you love him, that's it. It's over. You're going to do it. it. It wasn't our idea to do most of the things that we've done in ministry. Oh, but he's always right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's never leading you wrong. And if you'll follow him out of love for him and love for his people. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's pray it. Let's say it. Let's receive it. Sit out loud, Father God. I do love you. It's my choice. It's my heart. Forgive me for coming short in times past. But I renew afresh and new my love and my commitment to you. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul. With all my mind. And with all my strength. And I love my brother. And I love my neighbor. As myself. And as you have loved me. I do love. What you love. I choose to. No matter how I feel. And as you help me. I will demonstrate. That I really do. Love you. Hallelujah. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.